Welcome to another podcast of Airsoft Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Vaughn, sometimes called Dr. Airsoft. What we're listening to now is a uh, an Airsoft podcast segment that was done for the CQB radio podcast, and it's on the topic of laser sights. The only thing I'd like to add to it after listening to it again almost a year later is that I've noticed that uh, some field operators and event promoters will allow lasers as long as they're not green. And as you'll hear in the the podcast, there's really no mention of color. And that's because it's not the color that's the problem. It's the power that's a problem. We don't want any lasers more powerful than five milliwatt, green or red. And so just to limit green lasers, uh, that, you know, somebody may have a green laser that's under five milliwatt. And we're not expecting that to be a significant risk. And you'll hear about that more in the podcast, but field operators, if you're listening to this, please, it's not the color. That's the problem. It's the, it's the power rating. Let's get right into the podcast. Whether you need an AEG rifle, a gas blowback rifle, or a gas blowback pistol, Airsoft Extreme is the place to go. Try them out and to buy them. Airsoft Extreme carries all the major brands of guns, tactical gear, BBs, whatever it is you need to play, go to Airsoft Extreme. So the only thing you need to remember is AirsoftExtreme.com. Hello, this is Dr. Airsoft on CQB Radio, all airsoft, all the time. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Carp, it's great working with you, and I look forward to having uh, many segments in the future. This is our first Dr. Airsoft installment on CQB Radio, and I'd like to start out with uh, kind of a, a simple topic. I'm saving my big one for later, which is, of course, eye safety when it comes to the world of airsoft and uh, Dr. Airsoft in the field of airsoft medicine. So we wanted to start out with lasers. You guys know that, uh, or maybe you even have laser sighting instruments on your guns. They're fun. They're neat. Uh, it's nice to see that bright red or sometimes green spot in the distance in the night or uh, when you're doing some CQB work indoors and it's dark. No doubt there, it has its place in airsoft. But there are concerns about the safety of lasers, uh, specifically eye safety. This is a different form of eye safety from the uh, trauma that we usually talk about and, and we will talk about in depth in future installments. The, uh, the laser concern is that the energy from a laser, which can be any sort of strength, uh, all the way from industrial and military lasers down to the little laser pointer that you... Uh, drive the cat crazy with, they can range from just uh, less than a milliwatt of energy. And in consumer uh, applications or specifically gun sites, up to five milliwatt of energy. Now, thankfully, what we're talking about here is a relatively low energy light coming out of the laser. Now, there is potential for injury with the class of laser that can be used for even a laser pointer or a sight, which actually they usually fall into the same range. There's a couple of classification schemes that are out there for lasers. The old one would just use a regular numeral one, two, three, and four. And sometimes there would be a letter after it. For example, there's a, a class 1M, a class 2M, a class 3R. And you'll see these if you, if you actually look at the laser, there's a little uh, symbol a little triangular symbol with, uh, I guess I'd call it a burst 
pattern with uh, one of the rays coming off of it toward the right going all the way to the edge of the triangle it's in. Usually it's on a yellow background. It says laser radiation. When you see that symbol on a laser, you should be able to find on it what class it is. Now, the old system, like I said, it's just regular numerals, one, two, three. Um, I'm sorry, that's the new system, one, two, three. The old system was Roman numerals. And generally what you'd be seeing would be like a class two or a class three B. Uh, These are typically what you would see. And you need to know both classes because there's sites, laser sites out there under both classes. But generally what you're going to find is under the old system, it's probably going to say class 3A, which supposedly will not exceed 5 milliwatt. And we're going to get into uh, what these mean for your health later on. Class 3A on the Roman numeral system. And then the newer system, the numeral 3R, is one that you see quite commonly. Both of these are under 5 milliwatt. Both of these are typically what you're going to see. Now, to know about the danger of these, theoretically, there's enough energy in a 5 milliwatt laser to injure the retina. And if it's in the right spot, actually cause blindness. Um blindness for, and I won't come out and say permanently with just a five milliwatt, but it it could happen. The the class 3R specifically, part of the designation of that class of laser is that it can exceed the minimum threshold that is allowed before you can have injury. The the so-called MPE, uh, MPE being maximum permissible exposure. Maximal permissible exposure uh, for a very weak laser, you can't exceed the maximum because it's so weak, it's not going to cause any injury, any damage. That's a weak laser. But generally, any laser worth its stuff, any laser that you're going to be able to see across 50 feet in front of you uh, in a lit setting is going to be stronger uh, than just the, the weak little sub one milliwatt lasers. And like I said, the the sights on the guns and the laser pointers oftentimes are class 3R, uh, up to 5 milliwatt. Now, up to 5 milliwatt has been found to cause injury and affect vision. There's a couple of cases that were described in an article written back in 2004 and published in the Archives of Ophthalmology, written by Mainster, Stuck, and Brown. They took these cases and they described them kind of from start to finish. And there were two of them that they listed that were supposedly an up to five milliwatt laser that was used. One of the cases involved a young girl who stared into (laughs) the five milliwatt laser. I think it was on a dare. And it was supposedly for longer than 10 seconds. Initially, she had what's called a scotoma. A scotoma you can demonstrate it on yourself very easily. You just find a bright light and you stare at it. And then you look away and you look at a, a, a solid background color like a, a wall that's painted or the ceiling or the sky if you're outside. And, and you'll see this uh, purplish, dark, depending on what color the light was, uh, circle. And if you try to look at things with the eye that's been staring or with both eyes, you'll notice that you can't see what you're looking at. It's because the part of your eye that has your most acute vision, the center of your vision, has been 
hopefully just temporarily, damaged. And so anybody, I think almost everybody's had this experience of when you're a kid, you'd look at the sun and then afterwards uh, see this. Now, you're not supposed to do that, and I'm not recommending that you do that. But just so you understand, that's what a scotoma is. Now, she had a scotoma immediately after, and it correlated with the same area that was seen to be injured on a retinal examination with an ophthalmologist, meaning the area that was damaged correlated with the field of her vision that didn't work or, or had the scotoma. Thankfully, her vision returned to normal and was equal to the unaffected eye. If I remember correctly, her vision was 20-25, you know, not quite perfect in her unaffected eye, the eye that she didn't shine the laser in. And the, the eye that she did injure with the laser came back down to 20-25 on a follow-up examination. In the article, it didn't specify how long that was. I'm sorry, it did specify. It said it was three months after the initial injury. Now, the other case was, a. this is kind of interesting. Uh, it was an older man uh, who was working and a so-called prankster, that's in quotes in the article, uh, exposed him to a laser and they say up to five milliwatt. They don't say what class it was or anything else. He was examined afterwards. It's kind of an interesting story. I think there were some other issues going on with this, this patient and uh, possibly what we call secondary gain. That's where somebody's trying to get something out of having the, uh, the health problem. We see this a lot with disability, for example, where people are, are disabled, but um, they, um, they really seem to milk it, and sometimes their problems really, when you test them, aren't as bad as they they perceive them. I'm not going to say they're doing it on purpose because oftentimes they're not. It's just the way it works. Anyway, the uh, exposure on this man, and he went and immediately got checked. His vision was normal on testing. Retinal examination following the injury found no evidence of any damage after the exposure to the laser. The reason they mention this case is because he went on and later in life actually had some eye problems that could be diagnosed and had changes occur and then had some completely unrelated symptoms caused by this, found an ophthalmologist that blamed it on this momentary laser exposure by a, a laser pointer by a kid sometime in the past, even though he'd had totally normal exam, both for visual acuity, visual fields, you know, that's your peripheral vision, and having a retinal examination that uh, an ophthalmologist can do. There's a number of exams they can do. Uh, one of them is called angiography where they actually inject the vessels or just plain um, viewing of the retina through the pupil, looking at it that uh, you know any primary care doctor does uh, on certain cases in their own office. Uh, this, this guy was misled by this one particular ophthalmologist, and, and it's written about in this article because the authors are trying to make a point that Laser injuries do happen, one, and when they happen, the area that's injured can be seen, and they show pictures of retinal examinations in this article showing, and you can see it, that the retina looks different where the laser injured the retina, and then that correlates with the area on uh, peripheral vision examination or field of vision tests where they see that the, the vision has been affected. So the bottom line is, you can cause damage with a laser of the strength that's used in a, a laser sight for Airsoft. What I'd like to see is for us to know for sure 
what strength lasers are out there. I've been looking at the the major online retailers for airsoft products. Everybody knows who the big ones are. I'm not going to say their names. And I found that it's the rare listing on their sites that you can find how many milliwatts this laser is or what class this laser is. And I don't know if the problem is with the manufacturers not telling or if it's because the retailers don't understand that that's information that a, a buyer may be interested in having. The other place this comes into play is the fields we play at. A lot of fields will allow you to use lasers. I'm okay with that, but I would really, really appreciate it if field operators would require that the lasers be definitely shown to be class 3R or lower. Now, there's still potential for injury there. If, if I was to say, let's take away any chance of any injury at all, I'd say, let's not have anything more than a class two, but I'm not going to do that. And the reason is because for you to be injured by a class three R laser, you have to purposely keep your eye open while this laser flashes in and overcome your own natural reflex to blink or look away. So as long as you're not doing something stupid like that, you're not going to get injured by a, a, a trace flash across your eye. You won't have a detectable difference in your visual acuity or in your visual fields. Uh, subjectively, you may notice it as a flash, like if you're exposed to a bright light, but as long as you respond to it with your natural reflexes intact and look away or blink, you're fine. I don't want it to happen. I don't want people out there purposely trying to uh, shine the, the laser at people's eyes I know that's sometimes a problem because that's sometimes the only target you have is the guy's head sticking out. Uh, so maybe we need to have a little bit of discretion in the use of lasers. Um, certainly not have them on all the time. Have those pressure switches used so that you're not always using them. Use them when you need them. And at the same time, if you see the lasers coming in at you and at somebody you're in a firefight with, you know, do your eyes a favor and, and try to come up with another way. Have one of your guys flank them or something. Just... Don't be staring into the laser. So, again, my, my suggestions are, as long as you're at a, a 3R or less, go ahead and play. And actually, it's the other guy's laser that matters, not yours. Know what the uh, the strength of the laser is. Make sure it's not more than 5 milliwatt. Make sure it's uh, 3R or less in raining. And it should be if it's you know a, a consumer laser sight that's sold. Fields. I would appreciate field operators if you guys would actually check and, and make sure that people aren't coming out with stuff because, you know, who knows what these guys are making in shop class with optics that, and electronics that they're maybe souping them up or making some kind of a homemade thing that we don't know what it's rated at and it's your liability as well as someone's vision. So make sure that these are real rated lasers and, and not something higher than that. Beyond that, have fun. Uh, my preference would actually be that we have lower than 3R, that we have uh, documentation that the, the wattage on them, the, the power is you know, like two and a half to three, which I do see a lot of lasers are. And I will say one name specifically, uh, and I, <laughs> you guys will find that every once in a while I, I, I say the word paintball. Please forgive me. But uh, Kingman, the manufacturer of the Spider, they came out with these um, magazine loading uh, smaller caliber paintballs. I think they're 43 caliber or 50 caliber and they have a laser sight on it. And it says right on their website that it's in that two and a half to 3.1 milliwatt range. I wrote them and I, 
I said, I applaud you guys for saying right on the front that it's a lower powered laser than it could have been. And that's another thing. In the field of airsoft and paintball, we don't need a five milliwatt laser. We're not shooting pass as far as an airsoft gun can shoot. You don't need something stronger than that. So keep that in mind. You know, you don't need to pay the extra money for the laser that can go out 300 feet, please. Anyway, that's my uh, Dr. Airsoft uh, installment for this show. We're glad that you joined us. Uh, You can always learn more about airsoft safety and airsoft medicine at airsoftmedicine.com. That's pretty simple to remember. You can become a fan of mine on Facebook for uh, Dr. Airsoft. And you can also find our YouTube videos on YouTube. And uh, it's actually on the Auburn Medical Group channel. Anyway, it's been nice to talk to you. I look forward to talking again about more airsoft medicine topics, specifically eye safety in regards to trauma and what kind of eyewear is proper for that. We also have an upcoming topic of dental protection, dental injury. Looking forward to doing that. And that'll be uh, in the future. Until then, this is Dr. Airsoft saying, play safely. Spartan Imports Incorporated is one of North America's largest distributors of premium quality airsoft products for military training and recreational purposes. Our major product lines have full warranties, and we offer comprehensive in-house, dealer, and consumer technical support. Among the many brands and items we carry, Spartan Imports is the exclusive distributor of Magpul licensed PTS airsoft products, Classic Army and Javelin brands of airsoft guns, and Amp Tactical and Mag brands of high-quality airsoft and recreational shooting optics and accessories.